Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on power electronics technologies and products featured on powerelectronicsnews.com and through other Aspencore media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of Power Up. Today we will talk about the next step for green energy. With, uh, and today we will talk uh, with Patrick Lefebvre. We must cut uh, our emissions to zero in order to reverse climate change. To do this, uh, our energy system must be completely changed to produce 100% sustainable and renewable energy. Also, we want more sustainable electrical systems that can effectively combine several renewable energy sources. In this podcast with Patrick Lefebvre, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer and Technology Evangelist at Powerbox, we will explore technology and next step among the renewable energy planet. Patrick is an experienced senior marketer and degree qualified engineer with a 40 year track record of success in power electronics. He has pioneered the marketing of new technologies such as digital power and technical initiatives to reduce energy consumption. Patrick has written and presented several white papers and articles at the world's leading international power electronics conferences. He he is also involved in several environmental forums, sharing his expertise and knowledge of clean energy. Let's talk with Patrick. Hi, Patrick. How are you? Thanks a lot for being here. Hello, Mauricio. I'm I'm doing good. Uh, Spring, almost summer, is coming to Sweden after a long and dark uh, winter. Uh, And it's good. A lot of energy here. Good, good. A lot of energy here. So just talking about energy today, green <laughs> energy. So during uh, our automotive conference, you uh, talked about uh, how in the complex equation of the energy revolution, hydrogen can play, will play an important role and uh, uh, it can offer a promising solution when uh, considering long-term and future generations. What are the challenges and advantages of uh, hydrogen? Where do you see applications, true applications for hydrogen? Uh, yes, interesting question. What I what I did during this uh, conference is to try to present uh, a position of uh, uh, a country or a state or government that have to make a choice uh, when considering decarbonization. Uh, when we talk about decarbonization, very, very often that uh, we only consider the electrification as the only way to go. Uh, but it, it turned that uh, considering the uh, political situation all over the world and the resource and also how to best use the, uh, the, the mineral resource that we can get out from hearse and mm-hmm. uh, especially for battery, uh, I think you have to consider a larger picture. And then a larger picture... Uh, If we consider transportation, for example, uh, by the way, transportation is representing 22% of the worldwide CO2 emission when 
generating heat and uh, electricity and industry represent more than 60%. The electrification um, is, is great, but there are a number of applications where you could consider something else. For example, mm-hmm. hydrogen, um, long haul trucks, um, train, uh, eventually buses, and, and maybe uh, ships and marine uh, could get the benefit of uh, other solutions that pure elect- electrification. And then hydrogen is foreseen, hydrogen and variant of hydrogen are foreseen as a solution. Now the challenges are very, or I would say they are multiple. Uh, hydrogen, as everybody knows, it's nothing that you can um, easily find on Earth. Even there are more and more discoveries on what we call the white hydrogen, which is the hydrogen that is captured uh, in uh, Earth's script. Uh, recently, uh, there, is, uh, there is a discovery or there is research in uh, France, in Lorraine. There is also a pretty large resource in the, the border between France and Spain. White hydrogen is considered as high potential, but at this point of time, we don't really know how much and how big are those resources. The challenge is how to produce hydrogen and where should you pr- produce hydrogen. Uh, and here is there's a lot of things going on, both in Europe, uh, US, and uh, Asia. Uh, and then the production of hydrogen is getting more and more efficient. But we are, again, a dilemma between producing electricity for uh, the grid and uh, the user or pouring the electricity or using the electricity to generate hydrogen. I think we can talk more in detail about hydrogen, but I think it's a very promising uh, solution which which comes in complement to a battery for uh, the transportation in a part of the industry. So talking about uh, climate change, following the climate change demand, uh, the innovations uh, are playing, will play uh, an important role, not only in minimizing the energy footprint of the economy, but in general for every um, field. So what's uh, innovation for, for you from your experience? And what are some of the latest innovation that can significantly improve energy efficiency? I mean, innovation for power electronics, from, uh, from power electronics, indeed, How do you think power electronics can contribute to reduce the impact of climate change? There are already a number of examples where power electronics has made a huge improvement in terms of energy efficiency, energy saving. Um, if we if we only take the um, the uh, external uh, power supply or the, the, what we usually we say mm-hmm. USB charger, a um, couple of years ago um, it was um, it was classified uh, as like a piranha or pirate or a ghost power when the standby power was almost as much as in the operation power. Uh, combining digital control and new technology like uh, Y-band gap semiconductors, the efficiency, but also the standby uh, mode um, have really improved. There's another area where the power electronic has definitely contributed to reduce the energy consumption and for sure by uh, collateral, the, uh, the, uh, the carbon footprint is uh, LED lighting. Uh, moving from uh, conventional lighting to LED has contributed to decrease the consumption. We see more and more cities that are completely replacing their uh, conventional lighting by electronic lighting and saving 35-45%. Another area is the the uh, equipment that you have at home, your TV, fridge, all the electric equipment that uh, before were 
very poorly regulated, uh, poorly controlled. Now there's a number of uh, uh, European and American regulation also in Asia about um, the energy consumption for those equipment. And most of the improvement uh, are because of power electronic has definitely improved, not only in terms of power conversion, but also in terms of power uh, utilizations. Um, digital power is, is a magic word which means a lot of things. And if we co- if we see the combination, and USB charger is a good example, combination of the new technology like Y-band gap, digital control, and also that optimizations of the operation mode, then you have a good picture of what we can do with power electronics. And that will probably expand uh, the scope to uh, to more areas like uh, industrial and process control. Um, this is more or less a summary of what I believe would continue to improve the energy efficiency, reduce energy consumption and carbon footprint. So despite ongoing climate change, uh, the the use of fossil fuels remains one of the major sources of power generation taking place in different market sectors globally. I was talking about this topic at at PCIM a couple of weeks ago. So in, in an effort to decrease CO2 emissions, uh, there is a growing um, transition, emphasis on transitioning to not, not fossil fuels sources of energy, so renewable energy. This is, uh, is seen as uh, an important step uh, for mitigating the effect of uh, climate change and so protecting the environment. What uh, about, what do you think about decarbonization path for industry? Uh, this is um, this is uh, this is really a huge topic. We um, we often talk about the electrical vehicle. Uh, just to just to mention that uh, there are an estimation today about 1.6 billion vehicle on uh, on Earth. I mean, driving all over all, all worldwide. And if we just take that and we say, okay, can we move from um, conventional fuel for 1.6 billion vehicle to something else? Then it will be it will be a huge contribution. Remembering that the transportation sector is representing twenty two percent of the CO two carbon emission. Um, for the industry, uh, there is already a number of industry, and we are back to the hydrogen, like uh, iron industry, iron and steel industry, that are um, using hydrogen in their process instead of uh, conventional gas, uh, and uh, and they see a significant improvement in uh, CO two. Um, uh, emission reduction. Uh, uh, they generate hydrogen locally. They don't have the transportation and they don't have any also the emission related to the conventional gas. If we, if we look more at, um, at the, the global pictures, um, energy, uh, what we call the electricity energy generation that represents 42% is also an area where there is a lot of things to do. Uh, there is a lot of debate in Europe about uh, uh, nuclear power, and uh, we know it's uh, it's always for debate. There is um, hope and expectation uh, about uh, the uh, the fusion, nuclear fusion. Uh, we expect that ITER uh, will uh, will uh, deliver on promises. But there is also a lot of experimentation all over the world uh, showing that. The, the, the fusion uh, is possible, but it will be a reality maybe in 10 years. We, we will probably see a combination between a migration of a part of the uh, industry 
and transportation and all sectors to um, electricity, which is the electrification, we'll see a part using um, hydrogen. Um, and then it might remain some kind of conventional uh, fuel and gas uh, in certain industry. The uh, the European Green Deal has set a number of targets, uh, 2035 and 2050, for decarbonization and becoming net zero. And that includes a number of things that, uh, that, uh, that uh, makes I mean, the industry possible to meet the target. And there is also, I would like to mention here, a report from the International Energy Agency, uh, the IEA, called Net Zero by 2050, um, mm-hmm. which is a very, very extensive report that gives you answer to many questions. I can only invite our um, uh, listener and reader um, to download this report. Thank you. Good point. So last time uh, I was talking with uh, uh, Onsemi CEO, Hassan Elkori, and he said uh, each of us has to take the first step. Each of us should have a green innovation and contribute uh, for for the climate change target. Uh, so this is not only from a company point of view. So that means uh, each of us, like uh, people, uh, should uh, contribute, should have uh, a sort of green innovation. So a big step that should start... Uh, to educate uh, all for from kids in particular schools university and and so on but also from uh, design point of view providing resources to young designers uh, professionals uh, and so students what's your advice or expectations um yeah absolutely i mean the the power, if we if we consider the power electronic which is the area we we are um, we have some kind of expertise um usually we have extremely good education program for um, uh, engineers and uh, and, um, and phd and research and uh, but that's for sure that we uh, we we very very seldom address the the student at college and uh, even earlier to to make them interested by uh, how can they contribute um, to save energy other than the promotional message that you can see on the TV? Uh, what we, what I personally believe uh, is that um, what we do here, like this, uh, this uh, podcast, could be duplicated uh, and bring some kind of education to a younger generation for them to understand that um, energy. Uh, energy saving, energy preservation based on the technology, because this is what we would like, we would like um, them to understand, uh, is, um, is, is a reality. And there is a lot of things that social media can do. Uh, and it's for sure younger generation, they are more interested by something else that uh, technology. But what we have seen recently in a couple of events that we contributed is that when you when you start to talk and you show the evolution of the power electronic, the technology, what we have achieved, you see you see a sign of interest, and and then you you can you can move the discussion and the debate to another level, which is not uh, more like propaganda, but which is more like educations. But this is, as you said, this this is the task of um, all of us and every of us, uh, companies for sure, but also individual, um, to be some kind of uh, technology evangelist for kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Patrick, in conclusion, so talking about uh, immobility, you mentioned electric vehicles, but also the infrastructure that would be the next challenge that we will have to, to face. Let's just think 
electric grid, the need for more charging stations, and smart grids, smarter and smarter, uh, that should uh, work together with our next electric vehicles. Charging stations technology must rapidly move further following the uh, powertrain technology of electric vehicles. Uh, the transition to wideband gap, uh, such as gallium nitride and silicon carbide, is an important step. Also, as you said, considering the request for climate change to reduce CO2 emissions, so using high-efficiency solutions. What sort of improvements does the current technology need? What, uh, what's your expectations? Well, first of all, as you mentioned in your question, the uh, the um more charging stations available to to um to the public is very important we i just recently this morning read an article about um in the us the discussion about how can they uh, multiply the charging station um not having only uh stations that are like a, a monopoly from a certain mm-hmm. company but having the possibility to charge your car in the same way you charge your you, you refill your, uh, your, your uh, vehicle today. You go to a different brand of uh, gas station and then you charge. But there's also a very important point which has been highlighted in many reports is the reliability of the charging station. Um, because it's a new, it's a new technology that is developing very, very fast. Um, charging stations are installed in many different environments. Um, the, the recent report and article published in the US or showing like 20 to 25% of the charging station are not working. For different reasons, uh, they, they have a network failing, grid failing, and also that we, we believe that electricity is available everywhere. That's correct. But electricity in high power uh, for fast charging in volume is not available everywhere. I believe that the challenge for electrification and moving from conventional car to electrical vehicle will be not only having car on the road, not only having charging station, but also having the whole infrastructure that support the charging station. And you just, I mentioned this 1.6 billion. I very, very often people are talking about, okay, let's go from Stockholm where I live today to Saint-Tropez, South France, where part of my friends are living and how do you do the trip with an electrical car and how long it mm. takes? It's really challenging. One of my friends did a test, and I can tell you this is an adventure. We are seeing that the probably the the the, the, the motivation and decision to go EV um, uh, by the politics uh, have been very, very good. However, it takes more time to install the infrastructure and everything, make sure that everything works to make to everything in adequation. Now, when we talk about technology, there is no doubt that why bound gap or huge benefit. Um, we see that um, a number of um, applications in electrical vehicle are only only based on wide bound gap, even there are still conventional technology in some part. I mean, we uh, we shouldn't uh, um, forget that the, the power electronic is a very, very large, large range of application and demand. For me, it's, uh, just to summarize that uh, first, we need very solid and robust grid. Um, and uh, when you start to combine conventional energy generation and renewable energy, which are not as uh, stable or uh, secure in, in resource, uh, it's very complicated. And now you connect a number of new loads that are the electrical vehicle to that. Um, it's a big challenge. 
Um, this is very interesting. Um, and for power electronic engineer, it's a bright future. Great. So the future has to be green. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Patrick, for your time. Thank you. Thank more to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this on the podcast page at eetimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown on this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspen Core Media. The host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio and the producer is James Ede.